0: People uh, heard about 911 um, before it happened. You heard some stories. Yes. You heard planes were going to be used. There were yes. politicians all over America that were told not to fly on planes that month. That's right. Um, I want to talk about the Israeli art students. You must know about that. Story.
1: I heard the story. I, I really don't want to even give it a. a um, Credibility. Credibility. Because I I don't know much about it and and I don't know, I know, I know one thing. Let me just say one thing. Uh, The United States were totally complacent at the time. They did not believe that it will happen here. They were warned by Israel, by England, by Germany, by many countries who got a shadow of information from the Middle East. That something big is going to happen in the, in the United States. You know that even American FBI agents have written to their superiors. There are people training to take off, uh, uh, to fly a plane, not to take off and not to land, uh, things like that. Um, there was enough there in a normal time for a government agency to say something is going on, we have to mobilize. Right. Haven't happened here. And what really the obvious thing it was at the time, they didn't believe in terrorism in the United States. If you go back to the FBI at the time, the, the agency that is in charge of securing our borders and the internal security, they had less than a handful of people who speak Arabic or Farsi. Uh, that's not enough if your enemy comes from the Middle East. For the last 50 years, all terrorists came from the Middle East. So it was obvious you needed more people. If you were about to listen to, to chatter, if you were about to read material, if you were about to interview people who enter the country, uh, you need more than Four five people. So clearly the government was not geared to even if you hand them a clear information. Israel was worried at the time, which they always worried, that some of those operations that are that floating would be directed at Jewish communities, at Jewish synagogues, at, Jew, at Israeli companies, El Al, whatever it is. So Israel notoriously has agents that their job is to operate in friendly or for countries, just to keep an eye on Middle Eastern communities that are notoriously very much against the West, against America, against Israel. And there is no doubt that there were Israeli teams at the time in America who were monitoring various, the activities of various terrorist networks as they have done in the past and probably will do in the future. We'll intervene whenever we decide it's in our national security
0: interest to intervene. And if you don't like it, lump it.
2: The problem with America is not that we go around marauding around the world imposing ourselves. Mm -hmm. The problem with America in the last 10, 15 years, since the end of the Cold War, really in the last 60 years, is that we've been too slow to get involved. I don't know how many Iraqi civilians were killed, but I can assure you that the number is the absolute uh, minimal that it's possible uh, in modern warfare. Every nation in every region now has a decision to make. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. That land over there is yours. You'll go back to it one day. Because your fight will prevail, and you'll have your homes and your mosques back again. Because your cause is right, and God is on your side.
0: Welcome to the Darkened Hour. In today's episode, I go over the near-obscure written memorandum from retired corporate lawyer, Gerald Shea, who also once the district attorney for the San Luis Obispo County, California, 1998-2013, Che had pemmed an extensive memo for the 9-11 Commission, which was drafted on September 15, 2004. There's a 13-point summary regarding Israeli Mossad agents, which were hiding under the guise of art students throughout most of the metropolitan cities of the United States, selling cheap art to the Drug Enforcement Agency, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and even to these employees' personal homes. The Israeli DEA groups were compromised of 125 or more Israelis, and had collected sensitive data about the details of the September 11 attacks before the event even happened, It did not share this information with any agency outside the United States. It also goes into great length about the daily investigations of the 9-11 operatives in New York City and Florida, operations of both the Israeli New Jersey group and the hijackers of the Pentagon plane, which were centered in Hudson and Burger counties in New Jersey. The chapter in today's episode, I will concentrate on chapter four of the memo, the Israeli DEA groups, where I read directly from and add some additional information in between. And of course, I will supply the memorandum with the episode. This memorandum on the basis of the information set forth below, and the exhibits hereto, and reports and other documents cited herein, comes to the following general preliminary conclusions. The confirmation or effective rebuttal of these conclusions can be arrived at only by a public inquiry and a thorough examination of all necessary and appropriate witnesses, and all relevant documentary and other evidence. I empathize at the outset that the purpose of this memorandum is not to accuse any individual or individuals, excluding the hijackers themselves, or any company of any unlawful act or any other act harmful to the United States. That will be the task of others, only after and solely if justified by the determination of all the relevant facts in the course of the public inquiry. One, in the months leading up to the September 11, 2001, the Israeli DEA groups were spying on the United States. They were, at the time, keeping Arab groups in our country under surveillance, including the future hijackers and other FBI suspects in the catastrophic attacks of September 11. The base of operations for both the Israeli DEA groups and the future hijackers of the World Trade Center planes and the Pennsylvania plane was in and around Hollywood, Florida. Two, during the same period, the Israeli New Jersey group was keeping under surveillance Arab groups in Bergen and Hudson Counties, New Jersey, across the Hudson River from Manhattan, including the future hijackers of the Pentagon plane whose center of operations was also in Bergen and Hudson Counties. The Israeli New Jersey group appears to have been aware before they occurred that hijackings have been planned by Arab terrorists, as evidenced by their jubilation when the World Trade Center was first struck by the North Tower plane. The leader of the Israeli New Jersey group who has fled the United States for Israel is included along with the names of the hijackers and FBI suspects on the May 2002 FBI suspect list. Three, the Israeli government, through its external security agency, Mossad, warned the United States in August 2001 that an impending catastrophic attack on our soil was being planned by Arab terror cells located in the United States. The warnings were the result of the Israeli group surveillance of the future hijackers in this country. Four, the Mossad warnings were too vague and too late to have enabled the United States to take any action to prevent the imminent attacks at specified, unspecified locations in the United States or to detain the individuals who were planning them. Five, why the Israeli government decided not to share with us all the critical information they had and the extent of that information is a subject for public inquiry. They may have thought some sort of warning prudent in the event their surveillance activities later became a matter of public knowledge. But any energetic Israeli effort to assist the United States in preventing the attacks would not have served their strategic interest in view of the disastrous effect those attacks were likely to have on the relationships between the United States and the Arab world. As a leader of the Israeli New Jersey group said when he was arrested on the afternoon of September 11th, we are Israeli. We are not your problem. Your problems are our problems. Six, whether and to what extent the CIA though surely not aware of the plans of the future hijackers before the attacks, might have been aware or condoned the Israelis' group surveillance of Arab groups generally in the United States prior to September 11th is a further question that must be explored in the course of the public inquiry. The CIA's explanation of why two future hijackers were placed on a watch list in August 2001 as set forth in the Commission's final report is implausible and may have been designed to conceal the Israeli warnings. This consideration, along with other important factors discussed below, opens the door to a thorough investigation of this issue as well. The Israeli DEA Groups Chapter 4 Virtually all of the scores of individuals questioned or detained by the DEA and other federal and local law enforcement authorities were citizens of the state of Israel. They were generally organized in groups of eight to 10 people with a single team leader. They usually worked individually or in pairs carrying makeshift art portfolios. They visited scores of DEA offices, laboratories and houses or apartments ostensibly to offer or show the paintings or prints in the portfolios for sale or promotion for DEA personnel. Part A, backgrounds in intelligence, electronic intercept and communication units. While Israel has compulsory military service, many of those questioned by US authorities had served in the military intelligence services or in electronic or communication units of the Israeli Army. Thus, for example, Lior Baram of Plantation near Hollywood, Florida, questioned by the DEA on January 22, 2001, had served two years in Israeli intelligence working with classified information. Dilka Borenstein questioned by INS at Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport on March 27, 2001, was a recently discharged military intelligence officer. Marina Glickman questioned at DFW Airport on or about May 1, 2001, Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. Worked for an Israeli software company with expertise in handheld computer technology and had served as an Israeli military intelligence officer. Tomer Bendor, also questioned at DFW, Dallas-Fort Worth Airport on that day, worked for an Israeli wiretapping company and had served in an Israeli military unit that was responsible for Patriot missile defense. The DEA's Office of Security concluded that the Israelis may well be engaged in organized intelligence gathering. A spokesman for the Immigration and Naturalization Service, INS, stated that dozens of these Israelis were expelled from the United States, from California, the Midwest, Florida, and other states. No one has tallied the total, he said. The expulsions were usually for visa violations. And this is the reason why we cannot question these people further, because that would be for the Department of Justice, and that they may have, have committed a federal crime. But because their initial crime was visa violations, the crime is deportation. The leaders of the Israeli DA groups included Itay Simon arrested on April 14, 2001, in Irving, Texas, recently discharged from the Israeli army, where he had done classified work for the Israeli military. Itay Simon coordinated recruiting for the groups and served as an intermediary between five individuals in Israel and the U.S. operation. Another leader was Michael Kalmanovic, also arrested in Irving on that same day who rented a number of apartments in Irving, Texas, occupied by 25 Israelis. Mr. Kalmanovic was a recently discharged electronic intercept operator for the Israeli military. As stated in the DEA report, traveling about the United States to sell paintings seemed not to fit the background of many of these individuals in question. A third principal was Hanan Serfati, a team leader residing in Hollywood, Florida. When questioned by the DEA in Tampa, Florida on March 1st, 2001, he had in his possession bank deposit slips amounting to more than $100,000 from December 2000 through the first quarter of 2001 and withdrawal slips for slightly less than that amount during the period. Mr. Serfati served in the Israeli military between the ages of 18 and 21, but refused to disclose to the DA his activities between the ages of 21 and 24, including his activities since his US arrival at age 23 in the year 2000. Another was Pierre Segalovitz of Tarmac, Florida, about 20 miles west of Hollywood, an active officer in the Israeli Special Forces Battalion who commanded 80 men in the Golan Heights. He was detained in Orlando on May 3rd, 2001. Section B, connections to Israeli wiretapping and telecommunications companies. Ben Dor, another Israeli of interest in the DEA, to the DEA, was an employee of Nice Systems, an Israeli company specializing in systems and solutions detecting, locating, monitoring, evaluating, and analyzing voice communications and other transmissions for a variety of sources, activities commonly known as wiretapping and electronic eavesdropping. NICE Systems' U.S. subsidiary, NICE Systems Incorporated, is located in Rutherford, New Jersey, adjacent to East Rutherford where five members of the Israeli New Jersey group were arrested on September 11, When Mr. Bendor was in, interrogated by the INS at the Dallas-Fort Worth Airport in May 2001, an inspection of his bags revealed a printout containing a reference to a file entitled DEA Groups. One member of the Israeli DEA Groups, Michael Gall, who was arrested in Irving, Texas, was released on a $10,000 cash bond posted by Ophir Bayer, an employee of Amdocs Incorporated, an Israeli telecommunications firm with operations in the United States. The Amdocs employee described Mr. Gall as a relative. Kalmanovic and Simon were arrested by the Dianess for their role in the Israeli art-selling activities without the necessary visas. They were held on $50,000 bond, which was subsequently posted, though the DEA report does not say by whom. Six members of the Israeli DEA groups appear to have been using cell phones that were purchased by a former Israeli vice-counsel in the United States. Section C. Israeli surveillance of U.S. government offices, laboratories and residences and other strategic areas. During the first five months of 2001, and including a few calls in 2000, the Israeli DEA groups went to a total of about 57 DEA locations, 28 offices, and 29 residences, primarily in the Southern United States, ostensibly offering to sell or solicit an interest in paintings. These included 25 DEA offices and three laboratories, the DEA Southwest Laboratory near San Diego and the residence of its director, the DEA Southwest Laboratory in Miami and the residences of three of its chemists, and the DEA South Central Laboratory or property adjacent to it, as well as the residences of one of its chemists and other employees. One Israeli asked to visit the house of a DEA employee to match the frame to his furnishing and and offer, the employee declined. Members of the Israeli DEA groups were also discovered taking photographs of a DEA office building and parking lot in Orlando, Florida, and on an active runway of the Volk Field Air National Guard Base at Camp Douglas, Wisconsin. An Air Force alert was issued from Tinker Air Force Base in Oklahoma City concerning possible Israeli intelligence gathering at the base. Israeli personnel were also found taking a photograph of the house of a special agent of the Environmental Protection Agency in Denver, Colorado, and diagramming the inside of an office building of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms in Lexington, Kentucky. Section D, spying on the United States. The Israeli DEA groups were clearly spying on the Drug Enforcement Agency and thus upon the United States. Many individuals in the DA groups may have been trying to do more than sell paintings, albeit in violation of their visa status and thus unlawful. But the total number of visits to DEA offices, laboratories and residences precludes any characterization of these efforts as a com- commonplace sales endeavor. The DA report speculates that the spying by the Israeli DA groups was related to an ongoing ecstasy investigation. In the course of an earlier ec- ecstasy investigation, the DA feared its communication system has been compromised. Now, those who want to know more about the the uh, separate issue of the uh, ecstasy investigation, you would be. Doing yourself a favor, if you go to DJ Thermal Detonator's WordPress, in which he talks about in full about the Israeli drug ecstasy investigation and the primary antagonist of that story, Jacob Cookie Ergund, and his infamous background to an infamous madam. Heidi Fleiss. One of the difficulties in analyzing the DEA report is that it is reactive. The bulk of its records, the activities of the Israeli DA groups when they call upon or attempt to infiltrate DEA offices, laboratories, or residences, the DEA did not generally seek them out, but kept them under surveillance or otherwise tried to find out what they were doing other than making calls on or photographing or photographing or dis- disagreeing the facilities of the DA and other governmental agencies when the DA report was prepared however the DA and the INS were of course unaware of the very extensive activities and operations in the United States of the future 9/11 hijackers and their suspected collaborators whom the Israeli DA groups appear to have had in their sights as well why the Israeli DA groups would be engaged in both activities, where their spying on the DA would clearly raise suspicions among U.S. law enforcement authorities, is unclear. It may well have been an effective distraction of others from or cover for their primary objective. This question is discussed further below at page 43 of the memorandum. Just to add, Black operations are usually paid through. Drugs. All you have to do is take a look at the CIA and how they conduct black operations in Central America in the 1970s, while the while the heroin trade and the cocaine trade exploded in the 70s and 80s throughout the United States and Southeast Asia. Chapter E Israeli surveillance of our groups, the future hijackers and FBI suspects. Israel's Institute for Intelligence and Special Tasks, commonly known as Mossad, is the Israeli agency responsible for external security. A few days after September 11, 2001, Israeli intelligence officials reported that two senior experts of Mossad had warned the United States in August 2001 that large-scale terrorist attacks on the United States mainland were imminent. They were also informed that U.S. officials Knew of the existence of a cell of as many as 200 terrorists preparing the operation. Now, around the same time, we had the infamous uh, report, Bin Laden going to attack inside the United States, which was handled by a CIA briefer, according to George Tenet, to the President of the United States in his home ranch on a vacation in Crawford, Texas. However, with the Bin Laden determined to strike inside the United States memo as well as the Israelis intelligence warnings and as well as the warnings of Germany and Italy and Russia and Saudi Arabia, these warnings are vague. There was no specifics. Now with the Gerald Shea memo, you would think that with these Israeli DEA groups, Monitoring not just the DEA or the INS or the FBI, as well as Al-Qaeda and their affiliates, they may well have had specifics, but we'll never know because nobody ever interviewed them. But I digress. Back to the memo. One highly placed investigator stated later, that fall that there was evidence linking the Israeli DA groups to the gathering of intelligence about the September 11th attacks. He refused to disclose the evidence, however, since it's classified. A highly regarded American journal that broadly covers Israeli affairs reported in December of 2001 that the Israeli DA groups were spying on Islamic networks in the United States linked to Middle East terrorism there was no implication in these reports that the Israelis were involved in planning for or carrying out the September 11 attacks. Rather, it was suspected that the Israelis gathered advanced information about the attacks and decided not to share it. What investigators are saying is that warnings from Assad was nonspecific and general. And let me add also to the fringe conspiracy theorists, who want to blame Israel for orchestrating and planning the attacks of September 11th, here is what could be a much bigger problem and a realistic problem, one that is factual, about pre intelligence and foreknowledge, which, if, if it was shared, could have prevented the attacks. Sounds familiar? Well, that's what I am implying with the CIA and the NSA. Now, I can't prove it because I don't have that verifiable information in front of me. But as you could see throughout the memo, that intelligence officials, and with the arrest of these Israelis in 2000-2001, that they were running covert intelligence signals and human intelligence operations with our own domestic intelligence and Al-Qaeda operatives and their affiliates and may have had Foreknowledge of these events. And by you implying with these really irresponsible theories, you blanket the damning information, which if we had a public inquiry, according to Gerald Shea, we could probably uncover much of 9-11. Section F, Hollywood, Florida, the operating base of the Israeli DA groups. The focus of the most important questions of the Israeli DA groups was in the area, in and around Hollywood, Florida. The majority of the incidents have occurred in the southern half of the continental United States with the most activity reported in the state of Florida, Hollywood, Florida. It seems to be a central point for these individuals, with several having addresses in this area. Living in this area as well was Mohammed Atta and Marwan El Shehi. At the very time the DEA was setting down these words in June 2001, just two or three months before the September 11th hijackings, 15 of the 19 future hijackers were also living in Hollywood, nine of them in the town itself and six in the surrounding towns. Hollywood, Florida, for months, had been and would continue to be the staging ground for the hijackings, of the World Trade Center planes and the Pennsylvania plane. Among the Israeli groups, more than 30 lived in the Hollywood area, 10 of them in Hollywood, Florida itself. They were not only spying on the DEA, but in all likelihood were keeping the future hijackers under surveillance as well. This appears to be the tragic riddle the DEA, unaware of the future hijackers' existence, was unable to solve. Hanan Serfati, stopped and questioned by the DEA, as noted above on March 1st, 2001, lived in Hollywood, Florida. Another leader, Legum Yokai, lived in Miami. One of the members of the Israeli New Jersey group arrested on September 11th lived in Miami Beach. And he was redacted in the FBI reports. Lior Baram, the former Israeli intelligence officer, though stopped at a DA facility in Houston, lived in Plantation, Florida, about 10 miles west of Hollywood Pier, Florida. Pierre Segalovitz, The Israeli Special Forces Lieutenant and his brother lived in Tarmac, just north of Fort Lauderdale. AQ Segweev, a former bodyguard to the Israeli Army's top-ranking general, appears to have lived in Hollywood or in Coral Springs, Florida. So it is clear that Hollywood was the core of operations for the future hijackers and their collaborators. All of the hijackers of three of the four aircraft that were commandeered on September 11th lived in Hollywood, or its immediate environment in the months leading up to the hijackings. These included all of the hijackers of American Airlines Flight 11 from Boston, which crashed into the World Trade Center's North Tower, who lived in Hollywood, Florida itself. They were Muhammad Atta, Abdulaziz Al Amari, Walid El Sheri, Wail El Sheri, and Satam El Siskami. Two of the four hijackers of United Airlines Flight 93 from Newark, which crashed in Pennsylvania, Ziad Jarrah and Ahmed El Nami, also lived in Hollywood, Florida. Two of the five hijackers of United Airlines Flight 175 from Boston, which crashed into the World Trade Center South Tower, and collectively with the North Tower plane, Marwan al Shahi and Mohand al Sheri lived in Hollywood, Florida as well. The two remaining hijackers on those planes, Fayez Bani Hamad and Hamza al Ghamdi on the South Tower plane, and Said al Ghamdi and Ahmed al Khaznawi in the Pennsylvania plane, lived in Delray Beach, Florida. Khalid al Midar and Hazmi Overall, leaders of the hijackers of the Pentagon plane had addresses in both Bergen County, New Jersey, and in Hollywood and Delray Beach, Florida, respectively. Many of the above future hijackers had Hollywood addresses interspread with or within hundreds of yards of the members of the Israeli DEA groups. The question is whether or not they had specific information relating to September 11th hijackings and the attacks. And if that information was collected by the Israeli DA groups, as well as the NSA and the CIA, as well as the Saudi intelligence directorate, the GID, one can conclude that this was a joint venture covert operation of foreign and domestic intelligence, and this is the reason why the story of pre-intelligence of the September 11 attacks continues to be ignored and largely misrepresented by those in the government and the truth of community at large, which leads to September 11, 2001, to be nothing more than just a riddle and a joke in the public
2: consciousness. It has been more than 16 years since a civilian working for the Navy was charged with passing secrets to Israel. Jonathan Pollard pled guilty to conspiracy to commit espionage and is serving a life sentence. At first, Israeli leaders claimed Pollard was part of a rogue operation, but later took responsibility for his work. Now Fox News has learned some U.S. investigators believe that there are Israelis again very much engaged in spying in and on the U.S. who may have known things they didn't tell us before September 11th. Fox News correspondent Carl Cameron has details in the first of a four-part series. Since September 11th, more than 60 Israelis have been arrested or detained either under the new patriot anti-terrorism law or for immigration violations. A handful of active Israeli military were among those detained, according to investigators, who say some of the detainees also failed polygraph questions when asked about alleged surveillance activities against and in the United States. There is no indication that the Israelis were involved in the 9-11 attacks, but investigators suspect that the Israelis may have gathered intelligence about the attacks in advance and not shared it. A highly placed investigator said there are, quote, tie-ins. But when asked for details, he flatly refused to describe them, saying, quote, evidence linking these Israelis to 9/11 is classified. I cannot tell you about evidence that has been gathered. It's classified information. Fox News has learned that one group of Israelis, spotted in North Carolina recently, is suspected of keeping an apartment in California to spy on a group of Arabs who the United States is also investigating for links to terrorism. Numerous classified documents obtained by Fox News indicate that even prior to September 11th, as many as 140 other Israelis had been detained or arrested in a secretive and sprawling investigation into suspected espionage by Israelis in the United States. Investigators from numerous government agencies are part of a working group that's been compiling evidence since the mid-90s. These documents detail hundreds of incidents in cities and towns across the country that investigators say, quote, may well be an organized intelligence gathering activity. The first part of the investigation focuses on Israelis who say they are art students from the University of Jerusalem and Bezalel Academy. They repeatedly made contact with US government personnel, the report says, by saying they wanted to sell cheap art or handiwork. Documents say they quote, targeted and penetrated military bases, the DEA, FBI, and dozens of other government facilities, and even secret offices and unlisted private homes of law enforcement and intelligence personnel. The majority of those questioned, quote, stated they served in military intelligence, electronic surveillance intercept, and or explosive ordnance units. Another part of the investigation has resulted in the detention and arrests of dozens of Israelis at American mall kiosks, where they've been selling toys called Puzzle Car and Zoomcopter. Investigators suspect a front. Shortly after the New York Times and Washington Post reported the Israeli detentions last month, the carts began vanishing. Zoomcopter's webpage says, We are aware of the situation caused by thousands of mall carts being closed at the last minute. This in no way reflects the quality of the toy or its saleability. The problem lies in the operator's business policies. Why would Israelis spy in and on the U.S.? A General Accounting Office investigation referred to Israel as Country A and said, quote, according to a U.S. intelligence agency, the government of Country A conducts the most aggressive espionage operation against the U.S. of any U.S. ally. A defense intelligence report said Israel has a voracious appetite for information and, quote, the Israelis are motivated by strong survival instincts which dictate every facet of their political and economic policies. It aggressively collects military and industrial technology, and the U.S. is a high-priority target. The document concludes, quote, Israel possesses the resources and technical capability to achieve its collection objectives. A spokesman for the U.S., excuse me, the Israeli embassy here in Washington issued a categorical denial saying any suggestion that Israelis are spying in or on the U.S. is, quote, simply not true. There are other things to consider, and in the days ahead, we will take a look at the U.S. phone system and law enforcement's methods for wiretaps and an investigation into the possibility that both have been compromised by our friends and allies overseas. Brett. Carl. What about this question of advanced knowledge of what was going to happen on 9-11? How clear are investigators that some Israeli agents may have known something? Well, it's very explosive information, obviously, and there's a great deal of evidence that they say they have collected. None of it necessarily conclusive. It's more when they put it all together. A bigger question, they say, is how could they not...